Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after Cardiff. Came down, fades, lost 3-1, tried quite hard, weren't very good, scored a good goal, was really pleased for them. The fans had some like, fairly shit chance, but kind of laughed when they told Virgil van Dijk he was a shit soul bamba. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll break even there. Um, and to discuss that and a pile of other stuff, because it's been a fairly busy news week for, for Liverpool Football Club, I've got um, Neil Patterson in Donegal, Neil. Absolutely, yes. Kelly Bags Massive. Kelly Bags Massive, the Wild Atlantic Coast, That's racing him with its presence. Um, and I've also The Wild got, Atlantic weather at the minute, like. So. I would say so, because it's grim here as well in Belfast. And I've also got Jay Reid in Liverpool. Jay, what's the weather like there? It's calmed down today. It was probably not as wild as the Atlantic coast, but it was pretty wet and windy over the weekend. But the uh, defence panel's still in, so we're doing all right. Happy days. Yes, the wild Atlantic coast is, it's literally called the wild Atlantic coast. It's its actual name. So, you know, just for anybody who doesn't have a clue where that is out there, it's on the, the west coast of Ireland and it's, Fairly gorgeous and also fairly horrendous. Um, so go and have a lovely time. Anyway, on to the Reds. So, been fruitful. I've gone for Liverpool. Um, weirdly, we seem to be coasting along, finding a way to get by without the big boys. And what we've found is that there's a pile of fucking lads who have just come back feeling all great about themselves. Um, people seem to forget we've won 35 games this season. Um, or sorry, we've played 35 games this season. We've won 26, we've drawn seven, and we've only lost two. And I know those two games against West Ham and Leicester were fairly frustrating. But you know, in that, it, it's 92 goals and it, it's only 30 conceded, so that's less than one a game. And almost half our games have kept clean seats in, so we're still fighting on four fronts, Jay, and I think we rocked into that game, first half's not great, um, we're kind of feeling them out, and there's this little niggle that we all have now about Liverpool coming back from a bit of an extended break when people go on holiday, and we kind of find it a little bit difficult to get our trademark or Klopp trademark rhythm back, but it looked like it only took us 45 minutes. And a big reason for that were the subs that come on. So I just want to start with Harvey Elliott. This guy, this kid, this boy, who's, you know, he's 19 in April, I think. So he's not quite as young as we think that he is. He is getting to the age now where he needs to start playing first team football if he is what Everybody says he is, and what Klopp apparently thinks that he is. But he looks really sharp. He doesn't look like he's come back from an awful injury. I know it's Cardiff. I know that's a level that he thrived at. But I think the goal itself, if we just look at that in isolation, it's a slip by the defender, and he absolutely capitalises on that mistake. Um, It's a great first touch. He snaps a shot away with his left foot right in the bottom corner. And... What we have now is a player that we were very excited about at the start of the season. We weren't quite sure where he fitted in and how much time he was going to get. But 
it looks like Klopp is absolutely determined to get him into this side. Yeah, in a nutshell, I think the, the sample size we had for him was probably about half a dozen games at the start of the season before he, he had a horrific injury and all medical experts or whatever were saying it's going to be March before he's back. And I've just been reading them before we started recording. Like, his dad's been speaking um, on a podcast and said like he, he's got this attitude where he said he was going to be out for six months and he said not a month off it. And, you know, he's, he's done it. Um you know, we we probably all picked them up too much or overhyped them because you know what we see in that that small sample size, as I said, the start of the season did look really good, um, and then added obviously to the the injuries across the midfield across the season, um, consistently having players out. We sort of you'd always crave that new shiny toy, um, but coming back yesterday, obviously he's been managed in the right way through his rehab he had a under 23s game which he was taking the piss in um, a week or so ago and just giving him that yesterday it couldn't have been a, a better introduction for him a level that he's played at for a year um, I don't even know if the defender's slip would have made a difference I think the shot would have probably ended up on target anyway I think that just you know maybe give him a bit more of an opening but um I think that the atmosphere within the ground, it was a 12 o'clock kickoff, it was a Sunday, it was it was Cardiff, you know, they tried to, you know, create their cup final atmosphere and sing songs about, like, you know, football's coming home when you couldn't be singing it to a less arsed audience in, in Liverpool um, about England's failures in the European Championships, but it Maybe was just one of the Swansea. Yeah, I mean, you, you, know, you know your crowd, you know what I mean? I, it was their big day out. They had a good, they had a good time by all accounts, probably um, apart from the results. But it was just, as you say, coming off a break. It all cliched, but we got that rust off in forty-five minutes. And looking ahead to what we've got rest of the season, um, four competitions still to play for. Players coming back from Afcon, from his national duty, from injury. It was just a perfect tonic to you know clear the rust off give some players some minutes and and tee us up nicely um, for what we've got coming ahead and charge into hopefully a trophy-laden end of the season. Yeah, and everything is pointing to, well, I think the start of something here. Um, Chief, just to continue with, with Harvey Elliott for a little bit, um, Klopp has form with this. Um we were talking pre-pod about how he just decided that Mario Gota at Dortmund was just going to play all the time because he just thought he was amazing. Um, he saw something in him in training and just said, I don't really care what your age is, how many games you've played, how experienced you are. You're going to go in there and you're going to be good enough. And Gota's career's been curtailed by, you know, you know, it, it, Probably quite a serious illness. We probably don't know quite the severity of it. The fact that he's still playing football, I would suspect, is is um, quite impressive. So I don't want to make comparisons there. But the point that I'm trying to make is Mario Vogt is a guy that scored a winner in a World Cup final. And if Klopp deems Elliot 
was that important to a squad? And remember, we were crying and whining at the start of the season. Some people were about not adding a midfielder, and I don't think they accounted for maybe where Elliot is in the hierarchy. And I think the fact that he's only back and he's coming in there and he's getting half an hour, that's that says a lot to me, adding to what influence he had at the start of the season. So this is a significant player that we've got back as an option in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, the good comparison is is interesting. Obviously, another young player that uh, you know Jurgen Klopp brought in very quickly, and you know went on to be um, went on to score a winner in, in a World Cup final before um, you know having his career hit by by illness. So it's it's obviously uh, you know not a not a bad one to make. Uh, similar similar type of player in the sense that. Um, Playing a similar kind of position, probably a number ten, really, uh, between an eight and a ten, possibly. Um, but Harvey Elliott, I mean, he looked, he looked class. He looked like he hadn't been away, and it was a surprise how good he looked at the at the start of the season. And if anything, he looked sharper yesterday. I mean, the caveats, the usual caveats, uh, notwithstanding, you know, um, coming on with with half an hour to go. Um, against a, an understrength Cardiff as it was, but um, but still, I mean that's the division he was on loan in last season, and he looked head and shoulders above them. So is he in the right place? It, it seems so, and the faith the manager is showing in him, or the belief I would say rather than than faith, the be- the belief the manager shows in him is is you would imagine um, speaks volumes. Is what I'm looking for there. Um, he goes out of his way to praise him after the game. Um, he praised him um, many times in in terms of his recovery from from the injury and the um, you know the the attitude um, and being ready to play and being desperate to play and to score a goal like that is is phenomenal. Um, a lot of it's you know it's not the biggest game ever. It's not the biggest goal ever. It, it caps a nice win, a comfortable win. The match is is never really in doubt. But at the same time, I mean that's the kind of finish you you know you don't score that often. Most strikers don't score that often. You know it's 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 one touch. He spins it, bang. It's and it arrows, and it's so so firmly hit, so well struck, it just flies, and the keeper's got no chance. It's so crisp, isn't it? It's just yeah, such it a crisp strike, and he gets yeah. it off so quickly. I mean, Raheem Sterling wishes he could catch a volley like that. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's 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 very, very exciting, because pre-season, but like, going back to last summer, we were all a little bit, oh, well, Elliot's supposed to be coming in, and, uh, you know, which way is it going to go? Basically, how good is he? Um, can he really be a first teamer at that age? Yes, he fucking can. So uh, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and it's not an absurdly young age to start to step in to first team football. You know, we've we've seen this before. Um, again, Chief mentioned pre pod we were chatting because like Harvey Elliott, everybody's favorite thing right now. That. You've seen the Roonies and you've seen the Owens and you've seen the Fowlers and you've seen the, you know, the Ryan Giggs all all break through at that age because they were that good. And yeah, he's 19. 
he's coming 19 in, in a couple of months. So, you know, he, he's not this, he's not a baby anymore. He's not this 16-year-old that we signed. And we kind of forget how quickly the time has passed and, and where he is in his, I suppose, his maturity. Well, you missed out Trent as well. You know, he, he got lashed in at, what, 18? Fair. Um, yeah. And the 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 old adage is if you if you're good enough you're old enough um and also you don't find out how good you are until you're given the opportunity um you know for me I think you know we've we've probably been a bit skewed in our view of the lad because we we've lost like half of the season from him like maybe that sort of skewed the the the, the vision of how we perceive him in, in being 18, nearly 19 or whatever. Like, had he played the last five months, then, you know, people would have been raving about this 18-year-old where, you know, he's, he's 19 in a couple of months' time and, it, you know, people are saying it's a pivotal time. It's, it's a matter of months. But um, I think what he did give us um, is that something different. Like, you know, when we, when we first got Klopp, um, we had Coutinho and that player who could, turn on the sixpence and you know create something and he had this ability to to weave in, in between players and in between the lines and I think that's probably what a lot of fans are maybe linking it to something that we've not had since Coutinho left us you know we not that we've we've suffered without him we've won pretty much everything there is to win within the game since Coutinho was left but um, you know there's nothing better than seeing someone like get the ball and embarrass players. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to another lad uh, later on in the pod who can embarrass a player or two, but I, it, it was just that something different and we we had this midfield and we still have to got the midfield that can be a bit robotic and at times and it, it services a lot of things in the team to function in a way that's creative, but the midfield is not. It's just workmanlike. Um and that was, you know, maybe one of the, the gripes that people had in the summer, me being included, that we, we didn't replace Wijnaldum. And as you can see, you know, we didn't account for Elliot. Um, it was just that workman-like player. But maybe Klopp had a different idea for the team. He wanted to evolve it, wanted to take it to a new level, didn't want to just be robotic and, you know, workman-like. He wanted to create something different because... As we've said many a time on this podcast, we're competing against Man City and Chelsea, who are state-owned clubs. We can't compete financially with them. We've got to find other differentials to catch up with them. Um, we've got to use our clever coaching. We've got to use our clever recruitment and getting players like Harvey Elliott. And you know, we could have another one lined up from Fulham and Fabio Carvalho for less than ten million quid, and you've got. Chelsea dropping 50, 60 million on the likes of Ziyech and Werner and Havertz and Man City dropping 100 million on Grealish, you know, you'd argue that in a year or two's time, when all things are levelled out, that Harvey Elliott could arguably be better than any of them lads I've just mentioned. You, you wouldn't know, but there is something there with that kid. Klopp sees it, we can see it as fans. Um, obviously Klopp sees it day in, day out. There's there's something special about him and we're lucky to have him. And I think what we've got now with coming back for the rest of the season is we've got the luxury all being well, that we've got options with him in field that we can bring him in and nurture him along nicely. We've not got to put the pressure on the lad's shoulders that we probably did with 
Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen in years gone by where we were pinning all our hopes on these young lads to to get us goals and win us games and drag the team along. This lad can come along at his own pace and be brought along with the team as we progress and grow. He can progress and grow as well. Yeah, Chief, it seems to be a natural evolution for the team. Um, we, we saw it at the start of the season. We've tried to kind of replicate it, but I kind of get the feeling in hindsight that there was an opportunity here that Klopp saw to get another more attacking player on the pitch in that right-hand advanced midfield position with Elliot, bring another dim- dimension to the attacking force, but also with pushing that player higher up the pitch, it gives Trent more space to go and operate. And we did a bit on, on passes into the final third with Trent last week. And it's a little bit, you know, I feel like, I feel like already we're taking Trent Alexander-Arnold for granted as to how influential he is on this side and how good he is. Um, I saw a stat earlier on. I've written it down. Apologies for whoever sent the tweet out and took the time to do the research. But um, players with 15-plus assists in a season for Liverpool in the Premier League era. So top of the pile is Steve McManaman, what a footballer, with 20 in 95-96. Then, and this is mad, right? And I liked him, but this is mad. Stig Inga Bjornaby was 17 in 96-97, Chief. Yeah, I mean, he, he, had a, he had a decent left foot, like. And he could cross the ball, but I just thought that was mental. That was it, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we scored he, loads of goals that season. That was yeah. was a year, really. We probably should have won the league. Absolutely, and I'm fairly sure he took corners as well because I'm fairly sure he took that corner that Neil Ruddock scored against Manchester United for and nearly knocked himself out. Yeah, he um, corners. Yeah, um, Gerard in three seasons, um, all 16. Firmino was 16 in 17-18, and then Trent with 15, 2018-19, 2019-20, and 15 already this season. Already in the league? Um, or is that in all in all games? Was it always in it, all games? It's all comp. It's all comp. All, so all comp. Nine. That was league, his 15, think, 15. Yeah, okay. Nine in the league, I think, but all competitions. So, so I mean, if he carries on scoring at the same rate or, or assisting at the same rate, you'd imagine he'd hit twenty. Yeah, and he is fast becoming for me potentially our most indispensable player, given what we've seen with how we've coped without. Mane and Salah over the last month. Well, I think key key to that um, is his delivery. Um, yeah, you know, I mentioned pre-pod that we we sort of struggled in the in the first half in this game. Well, not struggle. We didn't struggle at all. We struggled to fashion um, decent goal-scoring chances. Uh, we had the Curtis Jones one where he plays it over. We had the Jada one where he sort of makes it himself with the with the with the spin, and then blasted the keeper. Keep, keeper makes a good save, um, but it was a little frustrating. We were kind of the shots were a bit wild. I know the wind was was really bad. Obviously Cardiff were were more up for it in the first half. Their car their their crowd was was very noisy. Our crowd was not. So um, so yeah, at off the back of that, you know, we can make the breakthrough from a from a set piece from a ball from Trent, and 
you know, so often it's that it's it's either a set piece from him or it's it's a ball into the box from him, which which gets us our our opener and their their vital goals. Um, and so he's making the difference regularly. You know, like he didn't have a great first half yesterday. I didn't think, or to be fair to him, his his final ball wasn't great. Comes out first first chance he gets in the second half, he he puts it on Jada's head and Jada's brilliant in the air. And that's a that's a potent combination. You, you probably could get. I mean, I'm sure that uh, um, Trent to Jota combination has been uh, has, has been responsible for a few goals this season, given Jota's aerial prowess, and it's going to continue. He's you sort of say take take for granted. I mean, I, I don't think we take his quality for granted, but we do we. we we do know how good he is, basically. Shall we say that we we expect and we expect him to be that good because he is that good. I suppose if you, if you mean it in that way, um, he's for me. But I don't know if a lot of I, I don't know if a lot of fans see for maybe counting in his top three or maybe even top five most important players in the team. What Liverpool think, fans? Yeah, yeah. I think people would cite Van Dijk, Allison, Fabinho, Salah, Mane. Maybe Thiago. They're not really thinking straight then. Um, but I think. Gotta, I, but I think this, these are things that I've seen. These are conversations that I think have, yeah. and I think if, if 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 they wouldn't, then I think there's a screw loose. He's he's definitely on that list. I mean, I don't think you'd really rate in in order of of importance because the names you've mentioned there are, are obviously vital. Every everybody is vital, but you, you cannot ignore your chief. Goal creator for the past how many seasons? Three is it in a row or four in a row? Certainly three um, from being on on that list. So he's vital. He's absolutely vital. He, play, he you know he plays the role in. You, you, there is no other right back in the world that plays the the position like him. And he's absolutely we we in a way built our our team around him in in some way. Certainly a lot of our attacking play. Um, you know he's got the he's got the Gerard right foot, the kind of thirteen fourteen Gerard right foot, along with with the pace and energy and 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 everything else that goes with it, the vision um, of a of a what a nineteen year old twenty year old. So I would certainly have him in my top five, but I don't think he I, I don't think he can take it for too much for granted because they've been. Um, without wanting to go on for too long, there have been situations where, in the in the past couple of seasons, where he's been injured and it's had a mass massive impact where he hasn't played. It's had a huge impact. So I mean, you, you notice him when he is there, and you massively notice him when he's not. So for me, he's definitely in the top five, and and perhaps people do undervalue him, but um, it's it's foolish, I would say. Yeah, I would agree, and I think you're right. I think he's the player we miss the most. He's the player that's most irreplaceable for me. And no more for the fact that we can go and we can talk about, you know, we need cover it right back. We need cover it right back. But it's kind of irrelevant because there is absolutely no one that can play that position the there's way that no, he does. Yeah, there's no cover for Trent. <laughs> it's, 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 it's much easier to get a Simicus for a Robertson because it's a very kind of conventional way to play that attack, attack and left back position. But it's you just cannot apply the same logic to the other side of the pitch. 
Those two no fullbacks way. couldn't be more different. So let's, um, Jay, let's just get on to this guy that, like, bizarrely just scores loads of goals now. It's the Trent free kick. It's the Jota header. Um, this guy's, this guy is that player that we bought and we thought, yeah, it's kind of smart. It's, Ish, you know, it's it's more money than we maybe think that he's worth, but but that's okay because we've got a bit of faith in in how we recruited that end of the pitch. He comes in, um, he scored twenty nine goals in or twenty eight goals in fifty nine matches. He's a one and two guy. He's got nineteen in forty prem games. Yeah, 1940 Premier League games. In those 28 goals in 59 games, it's 11 with his right foot, it's 9 with his left foot, and it's 8 with his head. So, literally, it's not like Salah where you just maybe try and send him onto his right-hand side. It doesn't matter with this lad. And previously at Wolves, his Premier League record was 16 in 67, which is like less than 1-4. So, we've seen a reinvention of this lad where we're playing him through the middle, and we've seen something in him in the analytics guys and the statisticians, etc. They've seen something in him. It's not a player that... It's a player that we've bought and we've seen a skill set that maybe other clubs didn't recognise that goes against maybe his natural instinct at the time and maybe is his what he thought was his natural skill set. And we fired him into this team and we found like literally a player that... It's really difficult to stop putting the ball in the net because he can score every single type of goal. Yeah, I've seen somewhere mention that he reminded you of Robbie Fowler and the more you watch him, the more he actually is. Now, growing up as someone who idolised Robbie Fowler and the things he could do and obviously harping back to what I said earlier, a lot of pressure was on that lad's shoulders to carry the team because... You know, the 90s were in our most fruitful time. Um, but he just seemed to always be in the right place at the right time. Um, and again, he was a small fella, but was great in the air. Um, you know, Joss's best season at Wolves in the four year, three or four years he was there. He got nine Premier League goals. He got that last season, half a year. He's already on 10 this year at 21 games played. Um, he's probably, I'd say on par to probably a 20. Um, and people still look at him or still sort of speak of him as though he's the fourth or third forward behind Mane and Salah and there's a fair argument to say he's damn right in line to be level if not second to Mo Salah um, because Mane's not been overly great this year or the last 18 months and neither's Bobby um, but it's just the positions he picks up it's it's bizarre when you're looking at yesterday's game for example how deep Cardiff were and the size of the players he had in the box and he gets a free header and again he had a chance later on where I think it was like a half volley or an overhead volley sort of thing that just went wide and he finds himself free in the box. He's got this weird ability to just be free. Um, it was a shame in the first half he didn't complete that goal when he, he sort of took the ball into his feet and sort of back heel nutmeg the lad and spun him on a sixpence and a little bit more composure. He would have he would have had a great goal there. But and Kay, that's a great example of Go on. 
opportunity that he has to just to create a half a yard of space for himself and get a shot off. Yeah, and and what I like about him is you you can you don't you only see it when you watch it on telly, which I did yesterday. I didn't go yesterday. Um, but when you're in the ground, you don't see it so much. But when you see it on the telly, is he's a little bit disappointed, but he, he carries on. It's like the next chance will come again. He knows the next chance is going to come, or he's going to create something. And he doesn't get himself down. He doesn't beat himself up about it because he knows he's got this ability to carry on doing something, um, create another opportunity, find space. Obviously, he's playing with better players, so his numbers are going to be better than what Wolves were. But sometimes I watch him in the ground, and I think he's much better off the left um, when he's he's drifting into a bit of space than. Sometimes if he if he's playing centrally, um, especially with Mane and Salah, where they like to come inside as well, he can sort of get a little bit lost and swallowed up. But in the in the few weeks that they've been away, I think he he has stepped up, um, playing up front and also coming in from the left like he did at times yesterday because we sort of we seen a bit more of Firmino dropping deep and him and Minamino sort of played as like an inside two and. Minamino was more like a, a 10 or the top of a diamond. Um, but he, he just causes mayhem because he, he's so hard to track. He's so hard to pick up. He's not a conventional out-and-out number nine. He is probably the evolution of the Firmino false nine, if that if that's a way of putting it, because he does all these things, but he does them differently. Like Again, as you said earlier on, Klopp's evolving this team without us realising he's doing it. He is. It, 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 it's, it's weird to understand, but we're blessed to be watching him. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's very, very gradual, the evolution, Chief. Um, and I kind of agree with Jay. We're not seeing it because it's not an absolute splash of like Chelsea-esque, let's reinvent the squad. And part of that process is Luis Diaz coming in. Um and just a little bit on him, I think we all collectively held our breath whenever he went down holding his knee and writhing around. And as soon as I saw the replay of someone like landing and standing on his knee, I've never been so happy to see someone get their knee stamped on in my life. Like I had visions of an Oxlade-Chamberlain scenario there, 10 minutes in the Yeah, TV. I thought I was like, it was hard in my time, wasn't it? I think everyone oh, thought totally. that. So, totally. um, I was very, I was, I was like you. I was like, does he, does he stand on there? Let's see that again. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, it'll be all right. And yes, he's got ha- stamped on with studs from someone jumping up in the air. Brilliant. And then um, uh, I think it's, uh, it was Ali McCoyce in the co-commentary picked it as well. He said it. So, um, so yeah, I was glad, glad to see him back on his feet. Of course, uh, he's got a, you know, a cut and a bruise and whatever, but he's grand. No, no lasting damage. So are we on to talk about Lewis then, are we? We're on Stick. to talk about we're on to to talk about Lewis. He comes on and he's like he's he's bundles of energy, isn't he? He's absolutely bundles of energy. He's running around like I'm an absolute madman, like Suarez, but actually fast as opposed to deceptively fast. Um and he does like the goal he creates for Minamino is li- literally the typical clock goal where he, he presses he gets your man on the blind side, steals the ball, and then there are two unbelievable pieces of skill to roll it back, the perfect pass to the edge of the edge of the box, penalty spot, and 
Minamino does what he does, which is generally stick the ball in the net. And that is just a tiny glimpse as, as to what we've got the offer here. And like I said at the top of the show, I think, or maybe five minutes ago, I can't remember now, it's, it is that textbook front three signing. 25-ish, just about to step up a level, around about the £40 million mark, quick, strong, energetic, a nightmare to defend. And there's no reason for us to think now Salah, Mane, Jada-esque, this guy's going to have the same impact as the other three have. He, he's very exciting. Like, I mean, he's he's very, very exciting. I mean, you referenced the, the assist um, for Minamino. I mean, that's a guy, what, five to ten minutes into his, his debut, combining with a guy who, you know, just about gets cup games and, and the odd... Um, the odd sort of substitute appearance or whatever. He's very much on the fringe of the squad. And, you know, it, it, it's it's electric. It's electric from, from Diaz. As you say, it's the archetypal clock goal. He could have been, you, you'd be forgiven for thinking he'd been with us for, for a couple of seasons. Um, it's the press. It's it's winning the ball back. It's the presence of mind and the quick feet to know exactly what to do with it. And there's pinpoint accuracy on the cross. And for Minamino, it's 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 absolute hunger and desire to get the ball first and a dead eye finish, as as we've sort of come to expect with him now. I mean, seven goals he scored this season. I think I heard earlier he's, he's got a goal every 100, 114 minutes this season for us, or perhaps in his Liverpool career overall, but certainly this season. Um, so Diaz looks, he looks like he's got a little bit of everything. Um, he looks tough. He look. He's he's quick. He's got skill bags of it. He's you know he can. He, he's got more tricks than a than a magician. Um, it's just very very pleasing. It looks like he's got the the pressing aptitude, the, the intelligence. It looks like he quickly fitted in to exactly sort of where he wanted to where where he was meant to be. Him and Jota combined really nicely a couple of times, and uh, perhaps they'll have a, a a little understanding with the the old Porto connection. Um, so it just it just bodes really well, and he didn't get injured, so you know, and let's hope he is a little bit like Suarez, you know, in, in that sense as well. I mean, he's obviously going to be likened to him compared with him because, as I said, he's got the skill, and uh, his name is the same essentially it is Luis and he is South American so you're going to get those um, those natural kind of comparisons coming up and they'll be spoken about in the same in the same breath but you know it looks like he's he's got all that silk and you know it's all very well having the having the tricks but it looks like he's got end product I mean like I said he's on the pitch five to ten minutes and he's he's already set up uh, his first you know, he's already involved in his first Liverpool goal. Um, so the options are the options are scary. I mean, you're looking at Harvey Elliott there, who we've touched on already, but looks very much like a goal scorer to me. Uh, it looks like, you know, from what we're hearing in, about in training and what he's doing in training and the videos that are coming out, it's all goals he's scored. Also, um, in the behind-closed-doors match, apparently scored an absolute screamer. Um, 
last season at Blackburn, he's, he's scoring and assisting. He's numbers. Diaz, again, it's numbers. He's numbers. We know Manny and Salah have numbers. We know Bobby's chip back, chipping in with numbers again. Um, we know we can, we've talked about Minamino's numbers off the bench, essentially, or, or in, in cup matches. I mean, you know, they're scary. Um, the potential we've got for goals now is, is, is frightening. You mentioned Trent. That's one thing he hasn't quite added to his armory yet. But, you know, the, with him supplying the ammunition from crosses, you know, Virgil got a goal there recently. Um, we just look, we look, look capable of scoring from, from pretty much anywhere. Uh, and there's numbers all through that, that attacking area. So, you know, for once, for the first time in a long time, we've got genuine, genuine strength and depth in the attacking areas. And, and, you know, and in fact, fairly, Fair, if, if you were objective about it, you'd probably say in midfield and at centre-back as well. Uh, one or two short areas, which we mentioned already. But it, we're incredibly strong going into the, the rest of the season. And Luis Diaz, you know, hopefully he will shine. But I have every confidence confidence that he will from, from that sort of cameo that he had the other day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a really pertinent point there. Um, the shape we're in going into the, you know, Essentially, what we're seeing now uh, is the business end of the season, Jay. Um, it's the last third of the league. We have a title push, if you want. We're not as far off as we might have been. There's still a chance there. It's the fifth round of the FA Cup. Last 16 tie coming up against Inter Milan the Champions League and a final at Wembley against Chelsea in the League Cup. So, you know, there are massive reasons to be optimistic here. And more so than anything else, is I think Devokari is the only player that we have on the treatment table at the moment. He was back we, in training last week. Well, then we've got nobody in the treatment table at the moment. Like that, I don't know how often we've been able to say that as Liverpool fans, but that kind of creates a situation now where we know the options at the back. Um, the centre half, Joe Gomez, two years ago was the best centre, the best English centre half in in the country. Um, and now he, he can't get a game in the pitch. It's, it's, do you know? Um, the midfield options Henderson, Milner, Fabinho, Thiago, Kaida's back, had a great AFCON. Curtis Jones is starting now to get the game time that I think that he needs. I think we can all agree the talent that's there. Um, if anybody can't see it, then they need to go and like maybe watch some football or understand the game. Elliot, we've talked about Chamberlain has had a really good impact in the last month. And as what a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and ninth option, Tyler Morton, plus the attacking options that we have now, and the the way we've had to flex and change and adapt during the period where Salah, Manny, Kaida were away, that's given us another dimension. So all that considered in the addition of Diaz. We're now a team that went from you could basically pick our first 11 and you can make a very specific plan to defend against us. Didn't work very often, but there was still the opportunity to do that. Where we're actually the opposition. Can't be quite sure of what way we're going to line up. And depending on what players he picks in that 11, it could be a very different way of approaching from an attacking perspective. So that just 
don't think it's anything we've seen before, and that excites me for going into the business end. Yeah, it's 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 a luxury that you always hope to have, and you know, as we've mentioned a few times in this pod, we we've kind of done it on the quiet, on the sly, on the sneaky, um, that we've 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 got to a point now and. We we probably deserved it in on all that we've had over the last two years or the year and a half of football. Um, the amount of injuries we've had in in certain parts of the field, we've probably deserved our opportunity to have a fully fit squad and and have this this headache decided for the manager to pick. Um, and you know, but we play Leicester on Thursday. I'd, we'll probably get to it at the end, but you know, I'd imagine we'll probably have three different completely starting elevens. And even then, probably neither of us will actually nail down the correct one because it'll be an amalgamation of of whatever we all pick between us. What I have noticed, though, I will say, between February and the whole of March, we're only away from home for three games, four if you want to count the Carlin Cup final or Carabao Cup final. We've got Leicester at home, Burnley away, Inter Milan away, Norwich at home in the league, Leeds at home in the league. Obviously, the cup final, Norwich at home in the cup, West Ham at home in the league, Inter at home, Brighton away in the league, and United at home in the league. You know, it's business end of the season, and it's all pretty much in our backyard where we're unbeaten this season. We've had a sensational record under Klopp. I think we've only had a handful of defeats in his whole tenure as manager of Liverpool. You know, it, it couldn't possibly more to our favour and advantage and if we are going to do something special this season and, and put a few pieces of silverware in, in the cabinet then I think February and March now it it is it's game time we, we've got all the aces in our in our hand we need to just place them um, but getting back to your original point we, we've got the squad we need to use it um, we've got the ability now to rotate, which is what we all want. And as you say, it, it's going to be a nightmare for good old Brendan, who's been absolutely tanked at the weekend, coming to us on Thursday, thinking, who's he going to face? And you don't forget for one minute that these players and the fans that are going into that game on Thursday, that they pretty much ruined Christmas and New Year with that performance and that result. They're going to be out for blood. And the fact that it's Brendan as well, does it? There's a little bit of a, a bitter taste in the mouth of, of some fans. It will be a bit of a hostile atmosphere because it's first night under the lights. I'm looking forward to it, and I don't think Brendan will be. Yeah, we'll come on to Leicester in a little bit, and, and their, um, <laughs> <laughs> their little quandary at the moment. But Chief, just the, the guys that have come back from AFCON, the final was, as we were recording last night, um, I know I'm the only one that watched it, so I don't know why I'm asking you, but I saw real insight into Sadio Mane. He is the player of the tournament. He could have been the captain, but he drags that team, drags that team to that, that win. He misses the penalty early on, and it goes to penalties, nil-nil, and he's probably thinking... I, could, I should have won this for us and we, we shouldn't have to be dealing with all this shit. And then he has the decisive penalty to win it and he absolutely buries it. But before that, 
he's going around everybody before extra time and before the penalties, chatting to all of the players, chatting to everybody, letting them know what the crack is, seeing them up, giving a pep talk. And it's not really a behaviour that I associated Sadio Mane with. And it's interesting that he has that in him and we maybe don't we maybe underestimate his, his influence in the changing room. Everybody talks about Milner Henderson, Van Dijk, it was Wijnaldum at the time as well, but this guy obviously can do it, whether he's in that group or not, I don't know. But him coming back on that high, winning that trophy, he's spoken about how much it means to him. Salah being pissed off, coming back, and the nice interaction between them at the end that broke the ice, this can only be good for Liverpool. Yeah, you would imagine that. I mean, if, if you if you had to write it down, how it, how it worked out, that would probably be as you know the perfect, or as close to a perfect ending to the tournament for Liverpool as you as you could probably get away with. Um, Salah doesn't get to win the the final, but let's be honest, Egypt didn't deserve it, and I think he'd be magnanimous enough to to accept that over the over the course of the tournament. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't have to take. He doesn't get to take his penalty. So he's he's absolved of any kind of um, issue there. There's no. There's no shame on him whatsoever. Um, Mane gets to captain Senegal to to a trophy finally. I mean, they, they should have won it before by all accounts um, on a couple of occasions, but. They've managed to do it this time, and for him to miss the penalty in the um, in the game, I think you said it was four minutes in, and by the time all the all the conflab had ended, it was about seven minutes in by the time the kick was was taken. And I only saw the replay of of the penalty in normal time. Um, I thought it was a decent penalty. You say fair enough. He, he hit it too hard, too straight, and gave the keeper a chance to save it, and save it he did. Um, but to then have the pressure of the the decisive penalty um, on your on your shoulders is is what is you know obviously um, massive when you think about it. You know you've you've already missed one. This Egyptian keeper is being faded as as you know superhuman in terms of of saving penalties. He's had a great tournament. To be fair to him, uh, or he had a great tournament, and um, to have to do that. In front of everyone, with the hopes of your your nation resting on your shoulders, is is you know nerve wracking to say the least. So he kept his cool and he absolutely well he did into the bottom corner and it was unsavable. One of them you, you knew it was in as soon as it, as soon as well he sort of knew from the run up somehow you just knew he was going to score. But you know as soon as it left his foot his, his foot it was flying right in the corner. And yeah, like you say, Manny's going to be over the moon. He's playing the tournament. It gives him the chance now. You know, um, you know, they're, they're very competitive in terms of African Player of the Player of the Year and those kind of personal awards. And you know, Mane's got to be in in pole position for that now. And if he can play a, an integral part in a in a Liverpool team that wins four trophies as well this season, then you know he's going to be in line for the Ballon d'Or. So. Um, so I'm sure you know he'll go from strength to strength. Salah will have another opportunity with with Egypt, and 
you know, who knows? Maybe he's he's probably already won it with them. To be honest, my my knowledge of Afcon isn't that great, but I know they're perennial, um, perennially in in the last four anyway. Um, he may have, I think. 2012 was the last time Egypt won it, so he may have been in that squad, but I don't honestly know. Yeah, that would have been about that would have been around the time we we looked at him the first time, um, when he was at Basel. Yeah, so maybe, he yeah, he was maybe in the squad, maybe not. Um, but he, he will have been, another it chance. Might have been a, it might have been a Ronaldo uh, 94 World Cup 94 sort of scenario where he was there, but nobody really. Knew that he was there. Nobody really knew how good he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, um, very, very plausible. But he, I mean, I think there's an Afcon in two years as well, so um, he'll have another chance. Um, and he got to the final. Uh, they got all the way to penalties, which is as much as they could really have hoped for. So I think it's, you know, to get back to the original question, I think it, it is very good for for Liverpool. And I just I keep coming back to the. Uh, it's a bit worrying in a way, but I've never, I've not looked at, at the circumstances surrounding Liverpool and everything coming together and felt so good about things since the year we, we smashed the league. Um, it's been a couple of tough years, let's be honest. And you look at us now, as we've just sort of said, with, with the squad in rude health and all the options we'll have and and the pathway is laid out, and for Jay's just said the home, the home advantage, um, the the favourable run of fixtures coming up just now, um, it all just seems to be converging in a in a very very positive way, and you know big things are are on this season, so it's it's pr- it's a pretty exciting time. Just to tie up a few loose ends yeah. on you there, um, Egypt running in twenty ten and Saladin's Start his first game for Egypt till 2011. So, so he's he not hasn't won it. No. Ah, well, he's, he'll have another chance in two years and hopefully. No, tw- next year. Is it next year? 2023 and it's been moved to the summer. Right, summer 23. So it's, it's a, more in line with obviously the conventional European season. Yeah, so it's about 15 months away. So plenty. He'll definitely be there. Um, so, yeah, maybe they can change their coach or change their style of play and, and actually use him this time would be nice. Yeah, it's in the that Ivory be, Coast that, next year, so, you know, it's still not exactly cold. Yeah, that would be nice. I, like, I, I didn't feel more sorry for anybody than Mo Salah having to deal with playing in that side and getting absolutely nothing to feed off. And, you know, it couldn't be, it couldn't be more removed from the environment that he has at Liverpool. And I'm sure, actually, from that respect, he's glad to get back to be given the opportunity to show that he's the best player in the world. And the guys are back, Jay. Mane and Salah, apparently. They're back on Tuesday. Um, which I don't I think, think Mane will be, because he's, he's currently parading, well, trying to parade around Senegal on a bus, which seems to be mobbed by... Hundreds of thousands of people on the buses. Yeah. Anyway. So I, 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 I can't I see him getting it. anywhere quick. I can't see that either. But I did see that he had made the manager aware that he wanted to, he wanted to make himself available for the the Leicester game on on, yeah. on Thursday night. I think I've so, somebody's got a presidential meeting tomorrow though with the Senegalese president. So I doubt he's back till Wednesday. Okay. Um. Regardless, thanks for bursting my fucking bubble and, and the next ah, segue, but never mind. I'm just, giving, just trying to give you the news. 
<laughs> so anyway, what it what it what it does emphasize to me is how keen these lads are to get back and get back to business. You know, it's they're not resting on their laurels. It's we want to be involved in what's going on at the minute. They've been sitting there watching us win, get the finals, close the gap on City, progress in the FA Cup, and they're thinking to themselves, right, lads, happy days. We're actually in a better position now than when we left, when all of the Liverpool Twitter fan base was having an absolute meltdown. So it's Leicester, one of the two teams that's beaten us this season. It's at home. But actually, they're not in great shape, Jay, are they? Rodgers is just, he's, he's, um, he's gone all Jose Mourinho. He started to dig his players out. And in my experience in playing and watching football, normally teams put that sort of performance in that Leicester did against London Forest because there's a lot of guys that aren't particularly happy or aren't particularly bothered. And shouting at them, shouting at them giving them a hard time and calling them out in the media isn't going to improve that. Nah, if he was going to throw them under any bus, probably the one that Manny's on. At least he wouldn't get run over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's very Brendan under Brendan at Liverpool in the last season when it started to go a little bit wobbly, and you know he's got form, and maybe you know the cynics would say you know he's learned from that and he's developed as a man and a manager and he's he's better for it. But these little chinks in his armour are starting to show more and more in the last few months um, and it's not a good look um, but you know as I said earlier on they're, they're coming to us and he won't have a clue what we're going to do But and you know I think Salah's going to make it back I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench I wouldn't start him I don't think there's any need to um, just the sight of him on the bench would be enough to rouse the crowd up anyway, as well as, well as all the, the wet depth of talent that we've got um, in our squad available, fit and healthy, or being well done on happens between now and Thursday. Um, I think, as I said earlier, we, we owe them one. Um, that, that performance, I think we, if we still would have been playing now, the way we were playing that night, we, we'd probably struggle to score. Um, it, it's just set up nicely. For for a, for a charge and you know these players they hold grudges like as much as like we sometimes seen as a really nice club you've got these lads who will hold grudges and and you you can bet your bottom dollar Klopp has not forgot that performance um, against Leicester and and these lads will want to go out there and, and prove you know prove themselves right um, Absolutely, Jay. And if you look at Jota's reaction after the penalty scores against him in the in the League Cup, and that I was just <laughs> I was just going to get to the that one where like there's that needle there that like you know if you've if you've offended them or upset them like the likes of Jota, you you've you've mentioned Mane in the way he was like he was rousing the troops for Senegal. I don't think he'll be playing, but. You've got that within this team. You've got that mentality, and you know we brought Diaz in. He's carried Porto, and he knows what it means to fight and scrap forever in his life. And he's done it with Porto. I'm sure he was targeted many a times by by teams, and he's had to get up and dust himself off and continue fighting. There's that spirit within us that you know. Sometimes I think I've been critical and said we don't seem to have enough now and enough bite within us, but. 
I think it's just a clever way that we do it. And I, I don't feel anything other than a convincing victory on Thursday because it just feels like this could be the start of something special, as you said before. Yeah, it could be. It's it's exciting, Chief. So just to finish us off, um, this is probably the most difficult question that I have asked ever about this Liverpool side. We have Leicester on Thursday, we have Burnley on Sunday, we have Inter Milan on Wednesday, isn't that right? So that's three games in six days. Yes, I'll take that challenge as a yes, so great. Yeah, um, correct. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, thing is, for me, these games that come thick and fast, they kind of inform one another as to who's going to play and who's not going to play. But what do you see as a starting eleven against Leicester, given now the fact that the squad, the manager, the fans, the coaching staff will very much think there's an opportunity to still go out and retain this or to, to, to win this title? Ooh, it's, I mean, it's difficult once you get to the to, to the forward positions. I think the back six, back, certainly the back six probably picks itself. It's Allison, it's Trent, it's Robbo, it's Virgil and, and Joel, it's um, Fabinho, and then I think I think Elliot plays in the midfield, and I think Henderson probably sits there as well. So I think you've probably got uh, Jones, Henderson, Elliot there, and up front I Leicester at home, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Diaz start. It might be. It depends whether Salah starts. It's either Diaz, Firmino, Jota, or for me, Diaz, um, Diaz, Jota, Salah, or it could be Diaz. I, I think Diaz starts. I think he gets his debut, basically, what I'm saying. And then I think it's the other two are, are for grabs. Um, I, I kind of think Jota starts as well, so it's whether it's it's Bobby or or Mo for me. That's also twelve players. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> you said Fabinho starts, and then you said Henderson Jones. And Fabinho, no, not not Jones. <laughs> Fabinho, Fabinho, Henderson, and uh, and Harvey Elliott. I think, right. I think they play. Sorry, in the midfield. Um, okay. And then you're talk, uh, like I said, it's it's a toss up there between for me Salah. And for me, no, because I think Diaz gets his debut, and I think Jota has to start. I don't think. Yeah, I think. Proper. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Jota has to start. I think the interesting selection that you made for me there is, I don't know how often we see Henderson and Elliot in the same side, unless Henderson's dropping into six, because I don't see him being the preferred choice on that left hand side. Um. So. I don't know what you think, Jay. I don't think it's really a problem because there's so many games now, given where we are in the domestic cups, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of rotation. Thankfully, we have those options at the minute. But specifically for this game, what do you think he goes? Um, I'd agree with the back line. I think Matip will come back in, I think. Um, it's, it, it's just tried and tested. And then, Kanate was was fine yesterday. He had a couple of moments, but then the first half we were all a bit like that. 
Um, and I think there's, for me, there's games where you'd, you'd want Kanate. And I think looking down the line, like just barely at the weekend, Veghorst, big, powerful, strong lad. You've got to want a lad who probably knows him, which Kanate, they've played in the Bundesliga together. Um, so, you know, that that's one way you circle, and that's a game for them. And then you're going to bring Matapak in for the Champions League because you don't want to overplay the lad. Um, and again, looking down the line as, as some sort of playing it with midfield, I think Henderson sits against Leicester. Um, I don't think he plays. I think he's one for Burnley. Um, I'd say Thiago, Fabinho and Elliot probably starts um, because looking to Burnley, one of Henderson or Milner will play. It's just that type of game. Um, Fabinho and you know maybe you throw a cater in and you completely you flip the midfield apart from Fabinho and then you can always bring him out and bring Henderson on for for twenty against Leicester and you know ease him back in. Um, the front line, Jota definitely. Um, I think Bobby gets a start as well and probably Diaz. I think he he will, he's in no need to rush back. Salah or Mane. Um, I think Salah's going to be the one who's who's back first. I think he's scheduled to train anyway. And, on Tuesday so I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench and then you maybe give him the start against Burnley and then come into Milan next week it probably will be Jota Salah and Mane back to the you know the regular front three but I'd agree with Chief and say that you you probably see Diaz start and it's a, it's a what sort of formation do you play them is it one where you just allow Diaz and Jota just to roam about and let Bobby just sit into the hole and cause chaos from from a deeper position or what. But I think it's it's a game where you know the pace of those lads and the movements will just cause Leicester problems because they've got problems at the back anyway because Brendan's the manager and they've got injuries. So I think that the more movements and pace that was the problem in the previous game against them. We we seemed that slow with our build up and not seemed to be happening up top. So the more you can get up there moving about um, and the unpredictability of Jota and Diaz, I think will will cause havoc and there's no better place really to make your home league debut than at Anfield. So I think it's it's an ideal opportunity to toss the lad in. You don't want to put him in against Burnley at Turf Moor, probably pissing down rain on a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. So ease him in nicely. You know, he, he, got, a, he got a warm welcome with that foot on the knee. So you got to be nice to the lad. Yeah, totally. Totally. I am going to be really controversial here. So, I feel like in Klopp's head, Kanate has the shirt right now. I don't think the centre-back rotation is as... I don't think it's as significant as we think that it is. I think Kanate comes in, man has had a couple of bad games, and I think he's stepped in there, he's gone, and he's going to keep it. So that's that. I think the midfield, I actually don't think he plays Fabinho. I think he will want to keep Fabinho for Burnley to try and support with that aerial threat and just sitting, not necessarily even in front of the back four, but maybe even between the two centre halves, just to try and stem basically their entire game plan. So I have a feeling he maybe goes Henderson as six, Thiago and Naby. Um, and then I do think Fabinho. Firmino, Jota and Diaz so on that note we will wrap things up it's Leicester Thursday night but 
But what, Chief? Just one wee thing there. I mean, it's just 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 on that. It's amazing that we're all picking pretty different teams. I mean, a lot of similarities, obviously, but but different teams. You picked a completely different midfielder. Jay, Jay and I picked different midfields, and there's no there's no drop off in quality. There's no. I mean, I forgot about Thiago. <laughs> Like he went out of my head whenever I was doing the team. So obviously, I mean that's a great option. Um, which Jay included. You know, you're talking about putting Naby in there with with um with Hendo and uh, and Thiago. So Elliot not getting not getting a game there and uh, and others as well. You know, it it's just it's it's. It's class. It's class to be, you know, to have those options, and and there's not really a discernible drop off at all. I mean, all you know, those midfields all offer offer different, slightly different things, but um, the the quality is consistent. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's as you were saying earlier, it's no longer a predictable eleven. Yeah, it's like Jay, the thing for me is that that the midfield I picked for Leicester, I. Almost picked that based on the midfield. I think you'll pick for Burnley, and I think the midfield you'll pick for Burnley will be will be Fabinho, Milner, Jones, and I don't know if Elliot starts any of those three games. I think we use him as an option off the bench because I think he will be ultra cautious with him. So that's why I picked that midfield. So I have a fancy though he could rip Leicester to shreds. Um, so I don't know. I, I fancy him to, to start. Obviously, it's it's you know probably just getting a wee bit excited with him. Um, you know, coming back after so long and, and looking so good. But yeah, I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't put him in against Burnley. Um, but the Leicester game, why not? I think I think they're the sort of team he would he would relish playing. And they're as Jay said, they're in such bad shape defensively. Yeah, I think he's the kind of player that could that could really hurt them. But let's see. Yeah. What we've got I is agree. the option of of changes too. We, if we do put Harvey Elliott in, we know you can give him an hour, and we've got quality on the bench. That that's the luxury we've now got. If, if everyone stays first, we've got this luxury that we can bring on whoever it may be, whether it be Henderson, whether it be Naby, whether it be Jones. You, you're replacing quality for quality. You're not looking at the bench with all due respect and going, ooh, we've got Nath Phillips or Tyler Morton or Reese Williams or Nico Williams, like unproven kids. You know what I mean? Like we, we've got quality, you know, and, and that's the luxury we've got. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us. It's been great. Everyone's having a lovely time. Compared to like a few weeks ago when after the last time we played Leicester, everybody's head fell off and we were going, well, maybe we'll win the Champions League and it'll all be kind of okay. But that's not the way it seems now. So until next time, up the on all four fronts, Reds. <laughs> <laughs>